Let's go, girls. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up with Beck and Franklin is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they've always dreamed of. Why live in black and white when you can choose the brilliance of 3D and Technicolor? Each week, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin and their high-powered guests will be here to cheer you on, to share their challenges, their successes, and what they've learned along the way. It's all about women supporting women. The stories and practical tips on sex, beauty, money, and so much more are designed to help you reconnect to the powerful woman you are. Fabulous knows no limits. Now it's time for you to expand your boundaries. Here are Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Linda Franklin and we've got a wonderful show today. We're going to bring on Frankie Picasso. Frankie Picasso is the host of Mission Impossible, or I'm sorry, Mission Unstoppable and Frankie Sensen Moore. She's been a regular guest on Dynamic Women Talk Radio and we're going to bring her to you today and we're going to talk about such a cool topic. Linda, recently you were reading a book, um, <clears throat> sorry, The Untethered Soul. Who was it by? Michael Singer. Michael Singer. Michael Singer. Mm -hmm. Okay. So he talked about thorns. And last week we talked about thorns. And I had a really hard time understanding thorns. And Linda, why don't you share a little bit about thorns, what they are, and then I'll talk about like my own personal recognition of what a thorn was for me. Okay. Uh, thorns are unresolved issues. And we all have them. And anything that doesn't get go through us, um, anything that gets stuck um, becomes a thorn because what we do then is we start to manufacture all, all sorts of different things to protect us from getting poked by that thorn. So what we do is we keep building up layers and layers and layers, and eventually we become prisoners of that thorn because we're so afraid that we're going to be poked. And it's really a fear thing, but it lodges in the heart, and it's really, really difficult. So we have two choices always. We can choose to build up all of these defenses so we don't get hurt, or we can just say, I am going to get rid of this thorn once and for all because it's ruling my life and I, I don't want it anymore, and do the work to get rid of it, and then you're free. It's like getting out of jail. Okay, so that's the theory. I'm going to give you the practice. So on Friday, I woke up and I had a problem with some of my software. And I didn't know how to fix it right away. And immediately, all these things came into my head. You can't figure it out. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're going to mess it up. Everybody's going to know you're a fraud. You're going to you're going to go bankrupt. You're going to lose your house. They're going to take your kids away, and your dad's going to die. That's kind of the little chatter in my head. And by noon on Friday, I had gotten myself into such a state. I mean, just such a crazy state because of this anxiety and fear that I 
decided to do what I do best, which is go into the turtle. <clears throat> I'm really good at avoiding things. I'm really good at distractions. So I played like some really rockin' video games for like, I don't know, 13 hours. And I went for a walk with my dogs. I did everything to avoid the problem at hand. And <clears throat> it blew up into a big problem by Monday morning because it had festered since Friday. And I finally got what the thorn thing was because I, I really didn't understand Michael Singer's book. Um, you know, I'll have to reread it, but I had a hard time with what this thorn was and I got it. It's like when confronted with a problem I didn't know how to solve immediately, I immediately went into this like whole rigmarole of of thought that led to these elements of distraction. I was distracting myself, distracting myself when all I needed to do really was sit my fanny down and go, you know what? You're a smart girl. You'll figure this out. Just give yourself a little bit of time. I could have been kinder to myself, but instead I went into this whole weird, I've got to avoid everything. And what Linda talked about, like, you know, kind of building up walls, I was just building up interference. And the funny thing was Monday morning, I woke up, I solved the big problem in like, I'm not kidding, like eight minutes. Like it was so stupid what I did to myself. And I, I ruined my whole weekend. I ruined, you know, my eyeballs playing excessive video games. I mean, the kids and the dogs were happy that we went for a walk, but beyond that, I could have done so much better. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you know, uh, like anything, the, the realizing what we do to ourselves, and, and that's really what this book is about. It's about standing back and being conscious. And when you're conscious, um, you see what you're doing. Because a lot, most people are walking around, they're unconscious. They're just like sort of in remote control, and they just do it, and, and they don't even know what they're doing to themselves. So when you step back and say, I look what I am doing, look at, look at how I'm making my life so much more difficult than it has to be. And, and when, you know, when the thorn is pushed, I mean, it's like a visceral thing. You can feel it, in, you know, I can feel it in my heart. I can feel myself tighten up. And then it's like you almost go into mini panic mode and and i you know it happened to me on saturday and i just looked at it and I, you know i tried to stand back from it and said okay i i i know what you're doing this is the most ridiculous thing in the whole world it it's just it's something that you're fabricating in your mind you do it over and over again it makes you upset it makes you crazy you've got to just step back and just let it go by because it will go by and you know, eventually, if we do that enough times, that that thorn will be pulled and it won't come back. Okay, Frankie here. Uh, two things, observations. First of all, uh, when we're when when we have a thorn, when something hurts, we avoid it because we don't like pain. Uh, that's one thing. The second thing is, I think that there has to be a certain level of consciousness before you can even go into your head and and understand whose voice. And, and what the action is that you're doing that's wrong. Because most people, as you said, Linda, are unconscious. And so to become conscious takes effort. 
it's not, you just don't wake up one day and go, oh, I'm conscious now. I, now I know everything that I do that's wrong. Uh, you know, we don't do that. So we have to, we, you know, there's a process for doing that, I believe. And, and part of that is learning, you know, to know, like, I, I think you said earlier, Sandra, to me, that there's a difference between a thorn and intuition. There's a difference between knowing things and, and feeling things. And so, you know, in, intuitively, do we know what's hurting us? Do we know our bad action? Uh, we know that we don't always have the outcome that we want. And, and so we can take that in, in coaching terms, we call it a UAC, an underlying automatic commitment. We can take that thread of what I don't like and, and work that back to when did it start and, and kind of figure things out that way and go, this behavior started when, and, and, but you still, you have to be conscious. Yeah, so what did he say was a wake-up call? And you can't be in a full-blown freak. Like by <laughs> by noon on Friday, I was like, oh, like you know, till chicken little, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, you know. And I, I just, I went down that whole road. Um, but Sandra, <clears throat> Sandra, you know, usually if people have a problem, like you have, especially like you know, technology, um, the answer is step away, step away, let your subconscious, you know, deal with it. You go play video games, and you'll wake up Monday morning in eight minutes. You'll have it figured out. <laughs> but I mean, that is that is the process. Yet, you know, you put your anxiety, mix that into the into that masala, I guess. You know, <laughs> and, and 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 it didn't need to be there because you were going to work it out anyway. Right. It didn't need. And that's the thing is like what I didn't understand is why did I need to torture myself? Like I could have just you know, <clears throat> emailed a bunch of people and said, look, I need the weekend to figure this out. I'll probably have something by Monday or Tuesday. Okay. So that coaching, would have coaching, I'm going to stop you. Why did you feel the need <laughs> to torture yourself? Where did that come from? Who said it you had to hurt? Of, huh? What? Who said that you needed to hurt when you couldn't figure things out right away? Who in your life said that? Well, I think it goes back to my marriage and a little bit from my childhood. Okay. You so know, there's some the voices that you have in there. to recognize, right? You need to recognize whose voice is telling you this shit because it's not mine because why would I hurt myself, right? So somebody else is doing it. Somebody, somebody created that behavior in you. And, and those are the things, those are the questions we have to ask ourselves. Why, why would I do that to myself? Who, who told me to do that? Why should I hurt? Who said if I do this, this is the action that, that takes place. But, I'm writing oh, you know, this down because those are very conscious and thoughts, it, aren't they? And, Linda. And Frankie, it might, it might be, you, you know, somebody may have, 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 you know, lit that torch, you know, many, many years ago, but it's you, you're, you're, you're the one that's perpetuating it, and it's only your voice in your head. And your voice in your head is the most squirrely thing in the whole world. It's just garbage. It doesn't mean anything. And when we start to look at that, that, you know, we talked about it last week on the show, because... It's constantly going, it, you know, and it keeps changing in its mind, and it's a psyche, and it's trying to protect you, and it's trying to do this, and it's going to, it goes here. It's almost like Trump. One, you know, it's just one minute it's here, one minute it's there. <laughs> it, keep, it keeps contrasting back and forth and back and forth, and it, it, and it, you know, we said if you actually had a friend like that, if you took those voices out of your head and put it into a person and had that person around you all day, you'd say, holy God, I'll never, you know, I'll never see this person again because they're driving me freaking crazy. But because Right. It's going on in your head, you say, oh, it, it really must mean something, but it means nothing. So if we stop paying attention, it doesn't matter where it came from, who it started, was it your mother, your father, your dog, your, your husband, your kid, 
if we make the conscious decision to say, I don't care where it came from, but it's going, I'm just standing back and letting it pass. And I'm not saying it's easy because, you know, I wish it right. was, but it's, but it's a commitment to, to freedom. Thank you. You used the right word, commitment. It's the because it, it is an underlying automatic commitment. So it's not enough to tell your conscious mind, "I want." I mean, every, we all say the conscious mind goes, "Oh, I want to lose weight. Oh, yeah, I want to." And and yet, you know, you're stuffing your face full of all kinds of garbage. So the consciously, I want to lose weight. So subconsciously, I don't because otherwise, I would stop the behavior that is that is hurting. You know, hurting me. So. You have to get to the behavior that's in that subconscious. I mean, the ego is that voice in your head. The ego loves you to have problems. But the subconscious, it, it has no right or wrong, no filter. It doesn't care if it's true or false. It's a sponge. It, it takes in what, what it is fed. So, yes, you're absolutely right. It doesn't matter who fed it because now it's up to you. Okay, when we come back from the break, we're going to start to dissect some of this stuff because I'm feeling empowered. I feel like I could just run in one direction, not sure which one, and fall right off the cliff. So, <laughs> so when we come back from the break, we're going to talk more to Frankie Picasso and Linda Franklin about this removing thorns and how do we do it and how do we recognize it before we get into a full-blown panic. We'll be back after the break. Lots more Powered Up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors, all quilters just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart soar? Now you can, with Lessons in Joyful Living, with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. Mondays at noon central, Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches Lessons in Joyful Living. She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to her website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I.com. Then join us for Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. 
Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Frankie Picasso and Linda Franklin, and we are having a high-spirited conversation on what to do when we drive ourselves nuts. And we talked about the voices in our head and listening to the voices and not following them. But here's the question that I have, girls. Okay, we have intuition. Intuition warns us, tells us, um, guides us, and then we have feelings, and the feelings can guide us. And then we meditate, and we hear things. And I'm trying to figure out who to listen to. You know, I do this thing with my kids called a head check, heart check, gut check. And when they're in a situation and they don't know what to believe, I tell them, okay, listen with your ears and check with your head. Okay, then feel with your heart and then check your stomach, you know, check your gut. What does your gut tell you? And if all three of those things are in alignment, you know, you're probably being lied to or being misled or it's something you shouldn't be doing. And that's fine if it's clear. But as I learn more about developing intuition and getting into my feelings, and I'm a type A, you know, tech nerd, so I had to really work to get to those feelings. You know, I really didn't think I had feelings for a while (laughs) (laughs) because I didn't feel things like other Mm -hmm, people felt mm -hmm. them. So because I'm not a cookie cutter box case, and I think most people aren't, um, it's hard to know who to listen to. And when you're already kind of going down that road, you know, of like anxiety, freak out, like, you know, getting into a full-blown panic. Um, and these aren't like medical panic attacks. These are just the crap we do to ourselves on a regular basis that make our life miserable. Um, but how do we tell the difference? How do we know who to listen to? Our meditation voice, our inside voice, our intuition, our heart, or our gut, or our head. So good luck with that, girls. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay. You know, I, I think that oftentimes our our head and our intuition are can be the same, but oftentimes they're different because our head is practical and it will say, you know, really, you know that getting on that plane, you're probably not going to die. But you have a, you know, your gut is saying, no, I can't get on that plane. I'm going to die. Like, I just know. And, and people turn away and the plane crashes, right? So right. the head, the head would say you're being impractical. And and the gut would say, or the intuition would say, you're not. So I I have, I operate by gut. And the only way to be able to do that is to practice that and to know that nine times out of 10, your intuition is accurate. And you can play with that. I mean, you pl- I played games with it since I was a young girl. And, and you know, because that's the only way to figure out what is going to work, right? Is it really accurate or is it not? Is it is this my intuition or is it not? Because my head will say one thing sometimes and my, and my gut and heart say something different. But you can play games with it and, and practice it, as you know, if you, people study intuition all the time. And I think that that's a really great gift somebody can give themselves is, is the gift of intuition. Because now it's just a knowing. For me, it's just a knowing. I just automatically, it goes in my head, it's, an, it's you know, knowing and and people some people you know are clairaudient some people are are clairvoyant some people are you know um they have different ways of hearing and seeing and feeling things and and we're not all the same in that so my gut might feel different than your gut although we're both intuiting the same thing you walk in a room we intuit oh there's a fight just happened you intuit that people aren't happy Um, there's an energy there's an energy that is left behind a signature that's left behind and if you are intuitive you'll feel it and if you're not, then you'll just go back and go, didn't know that anything happened. But those are, those are things that as you heighten those senses, you get a feeling for. 
Well, and I was trying to figure out, like, you know, I'm, <clears throat> I'll be the scientist here, because I actually made a little org chart, uh-huh. and I was like, okay, like, you know, my head, and then my heart, and then my gut, and then my thinking, like, the head was like the monkey chatter in there, yeah. and I was like, you know, making these little check marks going, you know, the, it says this, it says that, and what happened over the weekend is I did all my avoidance routine was that my heart hurt and i think it was the pain you know that that the, there was pain in there that started this whole thing and then my head kept trying to rationalize things rationalize rationalize but the whole time i was avoiding my gut felt sick like i felt tension in my stomach so i was pretty sure that you know, because we all have to learn how to read our own bodies. And some of us are like radio frequencies turned up. So stuff comes in really loud and I'm not always sure where to listen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, I was thinking that because all three were out of alignment, you know, the head kept changing, you know, my logic told me just fix it and be done with it. But then my heart was hurting and then my gut was churning. So it was a really, you know, I wish we could slow down sometimes and really identify these things out. And maybe that's, that's the answer. You got to sit with these uncomfortable feelings. But Linda in the, in the book was negative self doubt the same as a thorn. I don't know. It's like, they're all the same, but the answer, the answer to get rid of all of them is the same. It doesn't matter where they come from. Okay. It's just standing okay. back, standing back and, and getting behind the thoughts, getting behind the feelings because, you know, nothing is really real anyway. So if, you know, why, why do we take everything and make, and blow it up into such, to such proportion that it, it, it you know, it hurts us. Um, and so, I, you know, I think that, you know, I, I don't, I don't have, um, um, you know, I, Sandra has certain gifts. My, I have other friends that have wonderful certain gifts. Mm-hmm. I don't have those gifts, but I, you know, I, I can read people. I can read their energy. I can see where they are. You can, I mean, it's so easy now. So it, mm-hmm. it isn't where a person, who they are, it's where they are. What vibration mm-hmm. are they? are they spinning from and it's you know it's so easy to to tell and you can't hide it you know it, no and, people, and there'll be people listening to this that have no idea what we're talking about uh, and there'll be other uh, well, people who are listening to this and go yeah i get it yeah there might right. be some on the air with you that are like i'm so confused i uh, know but <laughs> depending upon where you know what you have learned or where you are in your in your travels, let's say, or or um, development, uh, the consciousness, you know, developing your, your own consciousness, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's going to be a different story because some people will get it and some people won't yet, uh, but everybody can get there. That's you know the point is everyone can get there and everybody can get rid of their thorns and really the you know one of the one of the in my book one of the exercises I did was pretend close your eyes and pretend that you just spilt milk. What are you saying to yourself? You know, are you saying, oh, you're a stupid bitch. You you just (laughs) spilt all the milk. You know, how mean are you being to yourself right now? Or you say, oops, uh, I spilt milk. So what? You know, right. But that's who are you in your head? Yeah. So what? But the the point is, do you hear the voice to separate that voice and and be the watcher to the like Eckhart Tolle says, you know, be the watcher to the voice. Right. Because the voice is the ego. Yeah. And you might hear the voice, but that doesn't mean you have to listen to it. No, but you have to identify it first. Yeah, well, you, you have, have to go to the, that that's not you saying those things. 
Right, because right. it gets confusing when you have right. lots of voices coming in. And, you know, I'm not, not schizophrenic Stan over here, but, no. you know, when you have intuition, you've got a voice coming from your feelings, a voice coming from your thoughts, and then a voice coming from your own logical thinking and a exactly. voice coming from your gut. It's crowded in there. And, yes. you know, so I kind of like that idea of, like, be the watcher to the voice or, like, say, when you spill milk, like, you know, what do you hear from the from the different things and try to try to identify those voices, which I appreciate, girls. I think that's really helpful. Now, one of the things that Linda has said over and over again that I didn't get yesterday, and I didn't get last week on the show, Linda, I'm a little slow on the uptake, but one of the things that you talked about was, like, well, consciousness is everything. Once you're conscious... It's everything. And Frankie, it was interesting that you brought up um, you brought up the word doubt because I'm reading this book by Ann Tucker um, and it's called Undoubtedly Awesome. It's all about doubt. And there's a, a sentence in here that I want to read to you guys because I want to have your thoughts on it because it made sense to me in tech. Like once I, I identify a virus or once I identify something in technology, when I see it again, when I see it, like I can't unsee it. Mm -hmm. I know it. I see it. I can see it in other programs. I can see it. It's like you, once you recognize it, you get it and it's done. Well, this author, uh, Ann Tucker, wrote... Mm -hmm. What's great about becoming self-aware is that that awareness is the cure. You don't have to add another 10 minutes of affirmations in the morning or go deeper or meditate longer. Once you start to see yourself clearly, you can't unsee yourself again. So I'm going to ask you guys what you think about that. I'm going to go. Who wants to go first? I'll, I'll go. I mean, yeah. yes, that, that's what we've been talking about since we've been on the air today, and that's about being conscious, understanding yourself, who you are, um, and and you know, and and then setting some kind of goals for yourself. Man, you just want to be happy. You want to be at peace. Um, you know, and and if if we keep doing some of the same things that we've been doing for a long time, that get you into Crazyville. You know, you you want to you want to change that behavior so that. You know, you're 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 more at peace. You want you want to be in a. a I mean, this sounds kind of corny, but it's so true. And believe me, I'm a Wall Street person, and money was everything, and all of that. This is, but this is this is. We, we are so much more than than what we believe we are, and it's we're we're all about energy. We're all about vibration, and we're all about love. And if we close off our heart, the rest of our life be, goes to crap. And so yeah. that's what, you know, that's what we do to ourselves. And to be aware of that and to do anything that we can to open up our heart, get rid of those thorns, stand behind stuff, look at life as a movie. We're, and, you know, we're not, it's just, it could be fun. I told you, I have a friend, he gets up every morning and he, he's giddy because this is such a blast. Don't, let's not get so involved in all of the minutia. Life's a blast. Well, you know, one of the things I learned this trip, I was just away on a trip, and um, for many, many years, I wouldn't get in a bathing suit, and I didn't participate, and I didn't do things because I was too fat or too this or too that. And this time, my girlfriend kept saying to me, you know what, you should see everybody on the boats, you know, they're all worse than you, better than you, whatever, like, just do it, nobody cares. And I thought, you know what, maybe nobody does care. I'm the only one that cares. And, you know, so I, I put my bathing suit on and I went to the pool and I went in the ocean. I swam with dolphins and I did all the things that I wanted to do. And I really didn't care what anybody thought because I was doing what I wanted to do. And that was a level of self-consciousness, of consciousness, really, for me, of self-awareness, um, you know, of, of going above, uh, you know, what I normally, which was very small behavior to just 
not caring because I do understand that this body is just is just the car I get to drive around while I'm here. It's not me. You know, I didn't choose it. I'm not responsible for it. So it, it really is just that. So, you know, being self-aware is about knowing your character, your feelings and your desires, knowing who you are. That's self-awareness. Where you are and where you are. Yeah, and where you are. I want to talk about this more when we get back from the break. We're here with Frankie Picasso and Linda Franklin because self-awareness is just another one of those terms that people throw about that I hear, but I don't really understand. I don't really get it, and I need to get it, and so does everybody else. We'll be back after the break. We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. This is If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart soar? Now you can with Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi, Mondays at noon central. Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches Lessons in Joyful Living. She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to her website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I.com. Then join us for Lessons in Joyful Living, with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. It's marching I managed to run out of coffee again this morning. I didn't even have enough to make one cup. Boy, was that a miscabobble or big mistake. Because I make serious coffee. So strong it wakes up the neighbors. Now, I don't have a problem with caffeine. I have a problem without caffeine. I get wadgety and brickety. Did you know apples are more efficient than coffee for keeping people awake in the morning? Unfortunately, I didn't have any apples either. Acorns were used as a coffee substitute during the American Civil War. Without my hot cup of coffee in the morning, I'm feeling pretty squirrely myself. What do you call that piece of cardboard that wraps around your coffee cup to keep from burning your hand? A zarf. It's marching day. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's some more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. This is Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin and Frankie Picasso. And the topic of today is self-awareness and how do we not get in our own way and drive ourselves crazy unnecessarily. I'm very, very good at that. I can get myself in an awful snit, and it's entirely private. Like, that's the funny thing about this whole thing. It's all in my head or in my heart or in my gut, but it's not manifesting outside other than, you know, my avoidance. I'm not doing certain things and I'm not enjoying certain things that I could have been because of this kind of battle of the minds going on in my head. Now, Frankie, you were talking a little bit before break about some of that battle in the mind and how you conquered it this vacation. 
you know, there was a time, Sandra, when I, I literally had myself in tears. I was so cruel and so mean. The self-talk that was going on in my head was like, talk about mean girls. I was the meanest of the mean girls. And like, like Linda said earlier, if that was my friend, like I, I would never talk to her again. Like I would throw her out as, as far away from me as possible. And I said to myself, why are you doing this? Why are you being so mean to me? I've never done anything to you. It's like, there's a separate person, right? Like, why would you hurt me like this? And, and I don't know, you know, I mean, but one of the things is to find out why you do those things. But yeah, I mean, this, like you said, before the ring, I was talking about how I went and I did something that I hadn't done before. And why should I stop living for other people anyway? I have to live for me. And, and you know, you come in alone, you go out alone. And I now I don't care. I really don't care what anybody else thinks. And I hope everybody else doesn't really care that much either. Because it really is, um, I think when you become more conscious, you understand that. You understand that it's, the essence of you is not any of those things. And you are you will continue on in, into the next iteration. And we will know each other, hopefully, in the next iteration. I'm sure we will. And you know what? Um, you're not going to remember this about me. You'll just remember the essence of me in my consciousness, I think. Well, I think, um, you know, when we talk about like how mean we are to ourselves, you're right. It's like if I had, if somebody had talked to me and maybe they did and that's where I got it from. But, but if, if anybody today had talked to me the way I was talking to myself on Friday, like I seriously, I would have like gone postal on them. There'd be nothing left of them. But yet I was the one that was doing it to myself. And, you know, it was such a a weird private exercise. And it did require me on, on like, you know, like later after the episode was over, it did require me to kind of sit down and I did sit down with a piece of paper and I wrote down like, okay, what happened? And then what triggered it? And then I wrote my ugly thoughts down. I put them down on a piece mm-hmm. of paper and I was like, Ooh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's one thing to see them in your head or hear them in your head. It's another thing to see them on a piece of paper. And then, you know, then I thought about like, well, what do I want to do next time? And, um, you know, what, what, what can I do to make sure I don't go down that road? Because like Linda, there's some things that we've done that are 25, 30 year career moves, you know, internally, and they don't go away overnight. No, everything, you, you you, you have to determine for yourself what's important to you. And then... then you have to work through the things that are not allowing you to get to the things that are important to you. And I'm not saying it's, you know, it's, it's easy as pie. It's not, it it requires work. And it, and it's something that you, it's, it's something that you do probably for the rest of, of of your life is, is working through Mm -hmm. all of this stuff. But, you know, as you're working through it, you get happier and more free and happier and more free. And then you look back and you say, my God, how, how could I have done those things? I mean, we, we should be evolving. We should be getting better. And I mean, that's why we're here, isn't it? To learn things and to get better. But most people are so stuck and, and their, their vibration is so low that they can't do it. And that's okay, too, because if they can't do it now, they're going to have to end up doing it again. And that's what I would rather work out a lot of the stuff yeah. here and now than have to come back and, and, and work it out again. And I know a lot of people don't believe in that. I do. And whatever it takes to to motivate me to to get better and and have more fun and enjoy my life more, I mean to me that that's that's a really good thing. 
it's what it's all about, I definitely think. Sandra, you know, let, let's take a look at, at last weekend. Your persona of yourself, you know, who, what do you see? You're a very confident, very self-assured, smart lady. So do you kind of see yourself as a superhero who can swoop in and fix everything? And all of a sudden you couldn't fix it. And it's like, ah, uh, is that an attack on you, on your person that you couldn't right away figure it out? Did you feel Not like that? Yeah, it put me back in the middle of the cornfield, like standing in the middle of a cornfield going, crap, now what do I do? Like, I, I don't belong here. I don't know what I'm doing. All my insecurities, you know, and I, I kind of, you know, and I laugh about going back to the cornfield, but I was lost one time in a cornfield and I looked around and I couldn't see, like, I couldn't, I looked up and saw the sky and I saw clouds and I'm like okay and I looked around and I'm like I see tons of corn because you know all the movies make it seem like you can just like run a car over corn right just run through corn well I'm here to tell you you can't and when you are playing with your brothers and you're going through the cornfields and you get stuck in the middle and you don't know which way to turn and it's starting to get dusk it gets pretty frightening and all of that like idiot like you dummy why did you leave your brothers like you dummy like why did you go so far like you're too far from home and blah 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 okay so all of that raised up that insecurity and it's not the first time that's happened to you it's an old tape it's an old tape right oh oh yeah it's an oldie but a goodie (laughs) yeah so every time that happens have you changed have you changed anything about that tape Every time it happens, do you ever do anything about it? Did you do something? This weekend you wrote stuff down. So now you know what the tape is saying. The next time it happens, do you have a plan? Well, I have a plan not to do it. But Okay. Okay. But <laughs> yeah, you might because it's like a habit. There. It's an old it's an old tape. No, it's, it's a habit, it's, right? It's, it's a fallback. It's, it. it's just gonna happen. I mean, you don't it's plan gonna happen. it. You don't when no. something pokes your thorn, it's gonna happen. Then then you what are you gonna plan. do? Yeah, but you could have pre-plan your response now because one of the beautiful things about human beings is that we either get to respond to something or react to it. So now you learn to respond to that stimuli, to that thorn, instead of reacting to it when it pokes you. So what am I going to do? I'm not going to react to it. I'm going to... No, you're going to respond. You you will have a pre-planned response because, you know, when when people pick on you, you know, you can get really, really angry, Right. Or you could say, you know what, when I go to school tomorrow and they're going to pick on me, I'm just going to ignore them. I'm going to respond in the way that makes me feel better. I, I, you know, after my, my motorcycle accident, I had, I had a couple of lawyers, and one of the lawyers was super mean to me. And every time he, he met with me, he made me cry. He was just so mean. And, and I thought, you know what? Um, I don't like that. And I don't like that I respond, you know, or that he, I react by crying to him. So I'm going to respond in a different way because I need a different outcome. I don't like how it makes me feel. And, and so I responded by, you know, I'm ignoring you now. I'm just talking to this person. And that was my response, and, and I didn't have to talk to him anymore. But you get to respond. You don't have to react. Yeah, but some of these things okay, just come up so, on you, and they're sort of they're visceral. Yeah. It's not like you plan. It just it just kind of happens, and and then you go down that you know down that rabbit hole. So right. um, and even and and again, the first part thing about uh, going down the rabbit hole is looking, standing back at yourself, and say, "Hey, man, I'm going down the rabbit hole. Is there anything I can do so I don't go down this rabbit hole now because I'm stealing it and it's it's building up and whoa." And that's the response. That's now you're responding instead of reacting. 
Because you, st- yeah, you took but, a step back, right? You took yeah, a step you, back. You, hey, I'm about to go down the hole. I don't want to do that anymore. But like this weekend, I, I did all of that, but I still did what I normally would do. Even though I knew I, I was watching myself doing it. I said, you, you know, you're an idiot. But I, well, but, it, but yeah, I hadn't gotten some, to the point where I could stop it. Huh? It must have felt good to do that. There's a part well, of you that enjoyed that. Well, I, 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 I like that I, I was seeing, but I didn't like that I, I, I knew what I was doing, but I did it anyway. That's so what I would you do like. differently next time? I don't know. What would you like I've to have doing, happen differently? I would, like, I would like my husband to go out for four hours and not worry about him. Okay, because you worry about him when he goes out? Well, and I should know because he, he always says, I'll, I'm going out for a half hour, I'll be right back. And four hours later, he walks in. But that's him. Uh-huh. He, gets, he goes right. to Home Depot and he's talking to me. He's on, and I know that. And I don't care. He could stay out for 12 hours. Just right. pick up the phone and call me and let me like know you're, you're okay. 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 Right. Perfect. So that's the response. So can, can, can he somehow, can you get through to him somehow? Could you please just text me, I'm okay, and, you know, two hours from now? Can he do that? For you, I well, I have asked him to, and then of course I called him, and he didn't pick up his phone. So then, you know, it just sort of plays on your. But yes, right. I mean, I'm going to say um, yes. You don't even have to call me. Just send me a quick text that I just say I'm okay. That's all. Right. But you know, but you know what? That might that might be um, a band aid. For my okay, can I jump in here? Can yes. I jump in here? Because I'm gonna I'm gonna take Linda's husband's side because I'm a lot like him. When I go out the door, a lot of times my way of decompressing is to shut off my phone. I will wander around TJ Maxx, I'll wander around Target, you know, I'll do all these things and, and it drives my kids and my dad nuts. They're like, Why can't you just tell us you're okay? Why can't you check in? There's something in me that needs like that that blank Freedom. separation. And I and I don't even know when I'm gonna come back. And I'm not doing anything. I'm like eating a taco at Baja Fresh. You know, it's not like I'm doing anything magical, but I need to be untethered. I need to be free. I need to be unencumbered by anybody else at this point. It's like I go into overwhelm, and that's how I get out of overwhelm. I get that, um, Sandra. If I that was that. If that was Zach or one of the kids, Mom, I'll be home at 4, and they don't come home until 9, and they haven't called you, you start to yes. panic. Right. And Linda's husband is not the same age as as your kids, you know, (laughs) but she probably worries about him. And so, you know, anything could happen in New York City. So, you know, four hours later, you do worry a little bit. Obviously, I get that. So the strategy is he needs to help alleviate that worry by checking in every now and then. But is, but is that a Band-Aid on the thorn? No, I don't think it is. I don't think it is a Band-Aid on the thorn. You know what? You're going to worry. If somebody doesn't show up for six hours, you're going to worry. It's a natural yeah. human instinct to do that because yeah. you love him. Right. You want and him my, to be okay. It's like a family tradition. My NASA rocket scientist brother just shows in, you know, within, within like, I don't know, six, eight hours. But, uh, yeah, I get it. Like, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about this because this is where, like, you know, therein lies the rub. It's like, you know, is it is it the thorn? Is it the behavior? Do we need to change the behavior to address the thorn? And then is the thorn still there? This is where I get into my circular argument. We'll be back after the break to try to unravel it and come to some solutions before the end of the show. We'll We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. 
cuisines, and sacred rituals is a quest, a place, and a feast. Join host Vilasi Venkatachalam every week to explore myths, mystique, old medicine, and brilliant modern solutions through a dazzling kaleidoscope of cuisines, cultures, and cures. This is the place where tribes gather, strangers and familiars, to be memory keepers and makers of our evolving, enduring, evergreen, spoken legacy of wisdom and ingenuity. In Velocity's words, when we do old things in new ways and new things in old ways, we paint with an inspired palette, weave our own healing traditions, and become our own guru. Vilasi is a troubadour of secret cuisines and sacred rituals. She collects stories of wisdom, ingenuity, and grit. She believes wellness and transformation happen when you stand at the threshold of delight and discovery. She displays her hidden penchant for drama when she leads the safari at the supper club. Her favorite pastime is to extol the marvels of cuisines, cultures, and cures to her audience in workplaces, seminars, and salons. Her mantra is, be your own guru. She is a biochemist, botanist, and alchemist who likes to churn delightful, useful things from a brew of art and science, ancient and evolving, old medicine, and new cures. Join Velocity every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. It's Merging Have you ever wondered where the terms used in computer speak originated? The word cookie, that packet of information that travels between a browser and web server, is named after the fortune cookie, a cookie with an embedded message. Rebooting the computer is literally pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. The name Google was originally coined in 1938 by Milton Sirota, nephew of mathematician Edward Kasner, during a discussion of large numbers. Uh, Google is the number one, followed by 100 zeros. The word Yahoo was originally invented by Jonathan Swift and used in his book Gulliver's Travels. It's a derogatory term for a person who is repulsive in appearance. Yahoo founders Jerry Yang and David Philo selected the name because they considered themselves Yahoos. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin and Frankie Picasso, and we are we are unraveling the mysteries of the universe. And one of the mysteries that we have, and, you know, it's funny that, Linda, you brought this up because your husband likes to go out for a couple hours and not, not communicate for, you know, three, four hours and then come back. I do the same thing with my dad and my kids. I just need to decompress and, and you know, do my thing, and then I come back all happy. But if I was required to check in, to let people know I'm okay, I start getting cranky. And, you know, the fine line of where Linda's need is to be reassured that her husband is okay. My dad and my kids have that need for reassurance. And then both Linda's husband and then my need for separation and and kind of peace, like just in my own headpiece, no communication with anybody, no tie to anything, just floating around like a balloon. Um, where do you draw the line, Frankie? Where is the middle? Where is the, the neutral ground from both 
different needs because who knows what Linda's need stemmed from? Who knows what, you know, her husband, right. my balloon need stems from. And uh, I get both around. of those needs. Totally. I do. I get them yeah. both because I feel them both. But, uh, so let's just talk about Linda's need to feel, to, to know her husband is okay. So Linda, when, when your husband goes out, you said he goes out for four hours and he doesn't check in and that's normal behavior for him. I'm going out for an hour and then, you know, he putters, um, he's retired, I'm sure. And he putters around and that's, that's fine. He likes to fill his day, but he doesn't let you know what's going on in your head. What's the tape that's going on? What's it saying to you? The tape is, is he okay? Is he, you know, did, did something happen to him? And what if something happened? It's a control issue too. I mean, we haven't right. talked about that, but, um, and you know, what, you know, so what if he isn't okay and what's going to, and then, then you go into this whole machination of, you know, what would my life be like and what do I do? And it, it, it go, it, it goes, it goes deep and it, it, there's absolutely no rhyme or reason for it. It just goes there. Okay. You know, so, the what ifs. What if? The what ifs. Okay. Yeah. So what, I mean, one day, God forbid, one day he may not be okay. Yeah. What if? Have you discussed what if that well, happens? Yeah. Have you figured that out for yourself? Yeah, of course. And I know when, when the what ifs happen that I jump into getting, getting, you know, taking care of it mode. And I do sure. always. And there's no reason to doubt myself or, or anything. It, it, it gets done. But you and, can't you know, relax. I, I handle it. You can't relax while he's gone. Well, not if he if he says he's going out for an an hour and he, and and four hours later he's not back. That, that's I, then I start to get I could feel that it starts to tighten in your chest and that you say this okay this is the beginning of it. Okay, and when he comes home safe, are you I'm, angry? I, I'm relieved. Well, he he did it on Saturday and he said I guess you're pissed at me. <laughs> Uh-huh. And I no, yeah. I do not make a big. I used to. I do not make a big deal out of it because that that only that makes it. You know that's. I understand Sandra and Rogers. They they, they like to go out and and I I don't want to take away his pleasure. So I don't right. really want to make a whole big to do out of it. It's just that you it's worry. my issue that I go there. It's not his issue. Right. You know it's it's but not. But he's his, a partner. He's your partner, and and you know we compromise for our partners. Yeah, and I'm divorced. And so I understand. And I understand that, that you know. I understand that you want to get rid of that that feeling of anxiety. Yeah. So is there? Can we put a time limit on it? Can we say by six hours you're allowed to, to worry? <laughs> no, no, six hours I'll be checking off. You'll be dead. Okay. So so but okay, there could be a time limit reversal? to it. Or what about role reversal? What okay, this is because this is one of the things that that drove me nuts one time um, with one of my boyfriends when he's like, you know, you don't check in, you just kind of wander around the universe and show up. And then you know, I I did what Linda did, you know, with or what what Roger did when he came home, and I'm like, oh, I guess you're gonna be mad at me, huh? And then he's like, no, I'm over that. And you know, you can do what you want, you can be free, you don't need to check in with me. I'm okay, I'm fine, I'm really, you know, I got it together. Now inside, I'm sure he was lying through his teeth but all of a sudden <laughs> it was like what you don't want me to check in anymore <laughs> like i don't know i mean it's it's just one of those things where if i have to i don't want to do it mm-hmm. but if i don't have to oh maybe i'll just say hey you know i'm here i don't know well i don't tell my husband when he leaves the house because you know i think he's going to be back in an hour i don't say you know you have to check in with me it's, i'm not like a warden that i'm checking him in and out but does it stop you from going out and doing it, things that you want to do um 
Well, um, in, in Connecticut, sometimes, but, you know, not all the time. But it, it's at the back of your head, you know, sometimes that, that thing is, is there. And so you yeah. really, it, you can't focus on other things because of that, that worry part is there. And worry, I know, is so unproductive. It's so stupid. I would like to have the time of all the times I've worried through my life back again. Yeah, I'm just going to say that. Yeah. I was just about to say that. How, much, how long have you guys been together and how much of that time have you worried about where he is I've and what's known, happening? I've known, my, I've known my husband since I was 19 years old. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So it's a That's long a lot time. Of worry, right? A lot of worrying time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. If you had a well, dollar for all those worries. Okay. I'm going to just throw something out here to, to add to the conversation. Um, and when I was married, and granted, I'm divorced now, so you might not all listen to this married couples, but um, when I was in Vegas with a bunch of our couple friends, um, my my husband at the time and his friends didn't come home at all. And um, when at like four in the morning, the phone rings and the wives were calling me and they're like, how can you sleep? And I'm like, I can sleep. I'm like, they're not here. And I'm like, look, they're either, you know, with hookers. And, you know, if that's the case, then I'm going back to bed. If they're in jail, you know, it's okay. I can't do anything right now. I'm going back to bed. And they're like, you're kidding, right? And then I'm like, well, and you know, if they're dead, there's nothing I can do about it. So I'm going back to bed. And they were horrified at that. And they stayed up worried like they worried the whole night and all that happened is they went gambling and they got at some table and they were having a great time and having a few drinks and you know everything was fine but realistically I'm going to hold my ground here as the worst wife ever <laughs> yeah. I'm still married and I'm not no, but, but that's no, not you didn't one care. of your thorns like, that's not one of your thorns God bless you I find that disrespectful I'm sorry. You go with your wife to Vegas. You don't come back to the room all night. I find that disrespectful. Not disrespectful that they didn't come back, but they could have said, hey, you know what? Don't worry about me. You're probably going to worry about me because I'm with you, um, and I'm not coming back to the hotel room tonight. Like, they could have called and said, hey, don't worry about me. We're just out gambling, drinking. We'll be back, you know, when we're back. That Just that would have made me not worry. I, but well, I would but, have been the wife staying but, up worrying. But, but to Sandra's point, wor- worrying about things like like that is not her thorn. No, but she already admitted that, you know, she's not very emotional. (laughs) That's right. You know, she has no soul. She's soulless, you know, so she doesn't worry. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I know that if it was her child, she would worry. I know that. I know that. No, And she's a big champion of of people, and I'm not going to say, because she does feel, she feels a lot of love for people. She does. But, you know, I would have been one of those Hold those on. wives the, worrying. The voice I would have been head. one of the women worrying. Yeah, me too. And the voices and I, in my head have now become Frankie and Linda. Thank you. Not that I don't, <laughs> not that I, I don't trust him. It's not that at all. No, it's, it's just it's, a safety it's matter. It's not... First of all, I do think it's disrespectful, but it's also behavior that is out of the ordinary. And when people are out of the ordinary, that's when I worry. I wouldn't worry about, about um, Linda's husband because that's his modus operandi. He goes out and he come, doesn't come home for four hours. If I know that about my husband, then I don't worry. I worry on the sixth hour. But, you know, if, if uh, that's not something that he normally does, then I would worry. All if right, my husband well, I'm, I'm going to be back in an hour and he's not back in an hour, I worry because he's a very punctual person. But, it, you know, it's my thing and, I, and this my thorn and, I, that's, and I've lived with it for a long time and I build up a lot, I build up a lot of protective 
mechanisms not to get that thorn poked, but that it doesn't, you know, inevitably it's going to get poked, so I have got to rip it out. Okay, or, so if you want to rip it out, then we're going to say, um, Linda, if you worry or you don't worry, the outcome is going to be the same. Is, can you agree to that? Oh, yes, absolutely. And does the worrying help you in any way, shape, or form? No, it, it hinders me. It's horrible. Okay, then why don't you want to stop it? I do. Then why haven't you? Maybe I haven't had the right tools, you know, because I, 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 I'm, I'm working on it. Okay. <clears throat> you know, and, I think you're going to do it. I'm going to do it because it. I think that it's so it's no it's so non-productive, right? Just like Sandra's well, weekend, it's so non-productive. I mean, it's just and it wouldn't change the outcome if you worried or you didn't, right? Right, it wouldn't change the outcome. But can I just say something really quick here from from you know the the Roger Balloon side, um, Linda? What's interesting when you were saying this is. I could see kind of the yin and yang of what's going on here. It's like Roger walks out the door and I'm going to, I'm just going to be Roger. Cause I'm, I'm like that. I walk out the door and I say, I'm only going to be gone an hour. Then I get where I'm going and I'm like, Oh God, I'm starting to relax. And it's only like hour one. And then two hours later, like, Oh, I'm really getting in the groove of relaxing. I'm, I'm thinking about things. I'm letting things go. I can feel all the stress leave myself. And then hour three, I get to the point where I'm like, Oh, you know what? I, I miss my kids. I miss my dad. I'm ready to go home now. And maybe Roger feels this too, but where you're ramping up, he's ramping down and then he comes home to see you. And you know, it's like that yin yang cycle. So maybe helping understand what he's going through in those four hours, if it's the decompression, maybe it helps. I mean, I always think it's helpful to see the other side. Yeah. Yes, I agree with you, and I thank you for that because I never, I never looked at it like that. To be honest with you, so you've really helped. You've helped me today um, to look at, you know, what what's going. You know, he doesn't plan it. It just it, this is what he needs. Just like it's what I you need. I just see like a big goofy dog coming home, like, hey, I'm home. Right. <laughs> 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 All right, yeah. girls. I'm going to thank you, Frankie Picasso, Linda Franklin, for uh, Sandra Beck for Powered Up Talk Radio. This has been a great episode. I hope that you guys get a lot out of it. I hope you pull your thorns out. I hope you repair and restore your relationships, not only with your partners, your kids, your parents, but most importantly, yourself. We'll be back again next week with more from Powered Up Talk Radio. We're so glad you joined us for Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Sandra Beck, Los Angeles-based single mother and technology company owner, knows what it's like to be fit, funny, and fantastic in your 40s. Linda Franklin, a New Yorker with a successful marriage and 